0: One favor I have for you is this. If you love this podcast, remember to subscribe to it. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave a review because reviews really matter. helps us spread the word and helps other people really discover this podcast. So if this was valuable to you, please feel free to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And if there's anything in this episode or any episode that really strikes you as an aha moment, shoot us an email to hello at MastinKip.com. Tell us which episode it was and about what time uh, the breakthrough was in the episode so that we can really know because I'd love to hear from you what your aha moments are. I love hearing that. My team loves hearing that too. So without any further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Mastin Kip podcast. All right. We got to keep going. We got a lot to cover. Okay. So by the way, who's learning some shit? Let me see if I show hands. Who's meeting some cool people? I know. Awesome. Whoa! Yeah, I know. Okay. So, emotional trauma and inflexible nervous system and why you're stuck are inextricably linked. It's the trauma that produces the inflexibility, which produces the behavior of stuck. Who follows? You guys with me on this? Are you making sense? All right, so whose fault is it? It's no, nobody's fault. I mean, go all the way back to, I guess, Cain and Abel, maybe, right? right? At some point, it's Cain's fault or whatever, right? Um, but this is this has been generational forever. And the other thing I have to understand is the human race is coming out of survival mode because we're getting more and more dominion over our environment. Okay, now I know it seems like things are going crazy out there right now. In a sense, they are. But in another sense, which doesn't get reported, the last decade was the healthiest decade of our entire existence as human beings. And I know you're like, the president and racism and all that stuff. Me too. F- yeah, that stuff needs to come up and be addressed, and it's not done yet. And we're no one's, we're, no one's better until we're all better. So be clear about that. And less human trafficking, less slavery, less chronic. This. I mean, so many different pieces of data. More financial abundance as a whole. Does it mean that there's no suffering? No, lots of f- and suffering. Just a lot less. Even though there's a lot who follows. Because we have billions of people. Okay, so population growth is going up, but we're trending in the right direction. We're trending in the right direction. And what does Martin Luther King say? The moral arc of history is long, but it bends towards justice. Okay, so we're, we're, bend, we're bending there, right? But we're no longer at risk of, like, being out of control of the rains. And certainly in certain countries, yes, but as a whole, we're getting better and better and better. By the way, I'm not saying everything is peachy. Can you pick that up for me? We got some f- problems to solve. Who follows? Okay, but we're solving them better and better and better as we move along. It just doesn't get reported out there cuz what gets reported is what? If it bleeds, it leads. Right? All the bad shit. There's never like a uh, there's never like a news report that's like, "Today, a young man on acid realized that all matter is condensed into a small still vibration that we are one consciousness experienced self subjectively and that we are a oneness. Here's Tom with the weather." Right? That doesn't get reported doesn't get reported. What gets reported is, oh, the guy on acid went to the top of the building and jumped off, thought he could fly, and he died. By the way, if you're on acid or psychedelics and you think you can fly, why do you go to the roof? Take off from the ground. (laughs) I'm just saying, okay? I'm just saying, okay? But the point is, we orient towards the threat because that's how our nervous system is wired, but what's happening Things are actually improving and getting better. And what we're in the middle of socially right now is a complete reorientation around the economic agenda of the United States shifting from being dependent upon one group being one down to another group. The economics of the United States of America have been based upon African-American people and indigenous people being one down to white people. That's the economic agenda. That's how it was started. That's going away quickly. Who follows? But it's been going on for 400 years or longer. Okay, Why was Nazi Germany able to repair better with Jewish people in a shorter period of time than America has been able to repair with people of color in a longer period of time? But, no, but here's the thing. The German culture was not built on the fact that racism was an economic agenda. That was a brief period of time in which Hitler made marginalizing Jews an economic agenda, but it wasn't how it started. America started with the economic agenda of a certain type of person being one down to a certain type of person, and we can't thrive economically without that structure. Who follows? So it's an economic agenda which is shifting radically. Okay, that's what's happening. And by the way, it's completely disorienting and dysregulating and scary for all kinds of people everywhere. But it's actually getting better because if you think about 50 years ago, it was a different type of conversation. It's not better yet. It's getting better. Who follows? And by the way, easy for someone like me to say, I'm not at the impact of it. I'm just reporting the data. I'm not making a qualitative assessment based on my subjective experience. I'm just reporting what the data says. So do we have a lot of work to do, guys, yes or no? But are we making it better? And the moral arc of history is long, but it bends towards justice. Who follows? Okay, very important, okay? So here's the deal. Embodying your purpose can be the one thing that changes everything. It's not a magic bullet. It's the right thing to focus on. Because here's the thing. A lot of our problems come from not knowing what the problem is. Is it leaky gut? Is it depression? Is it anxiety? Sure, those are symptoms. What you're really missing is your purpose deficit disorder. To me, that's like one of the root causes or purpose deficit response. Pardon me. Okay. People always correct me now. Sometimes if I say PTSD, they're like, Mastin, it's PTSR. I'm like, bitch, I told you that. Right? Like, I know. I know. Right? But it just comes out because that's what it's been for so long. But the thing is, is that if you're missing purpose, you're missing everything. Because existence exists for a reason. If there's no reason for you to be here, why? Right? When we find that reason, everything else starts to shift, okay? So if we go to PubMed and we type in purpose in life, we get 729 results of peer-reviewed studies. That's not bad for such a woo-woo topic. Yeah, there should be more, but... The efficacy of purpose in life is starting to become more and more and more like no shit. Right? Pretty soon, all the scientists are going to say like, oh, you know, breathing is good for you. Moving your body is good for you. Purpose in life is good for you. All the yogis go, I know, no shit. Right? Because which one has longer peer-reviewed data sets? The yogis or the scientists? Yogis, thousands of years. Okay? And the scientist's like, hmm, maybe we should breathe. It's like, yeah, no shit. Right? So here are some of the studies, okay? Uh, Journal of Research and Personality. Individuals who reported a higher sense of purpose in life tended both to have higher household income and net worth initially, as well as greater increase of these outcomes over the following decade. Longitudinal study, meaning not just a one-time thing, over a decade. Over a decade data set is so much more, has so much more efficacy than like just in the moment. Who follows? Okay, so the data shows that when you live your purpose, you make more money, not just now, but moving forward. So that's not just some marketing claim. That's the data. Who follows? Okay, next. Possessing a high sense of purpose in life is associated with reduced risk for all-cause mortality and cardiovascular events. All-cause mortality. Anything that can kill you, all cause, anything that can kill you's ability to kill you is reduced when you have purpose, including cardiovascular events. Who follows? This specific, uh, this is in the Psychosomatic Medicine Journal of Behavioral Medicine. This specific study even states that purpose can add up to a decade of life to your life. Now, some people hear that and they go, (laughs) more, right? But most people go, yeah, it's okay, right? It's okay. But if you were living on purpose, you'd want an extra decade. Who wants more? Who can imagine an extra decade? Wouldn't that be awesome? Right? So this thing is real, okay? Also, Purpose in life is a key factor in better recovery from trauma. You're starting to get that now. And because it's a better recovery from trauma, all the other stuff gets better too. That's That's one of the nucleuses, okay? Also, individuals who report a high sense of purpose have a higher household income. Did I just put that slide up? Why is it here again? Who wants to make more money? Let me see if I show hands. It's purpose, people, okay? It's not a webinar thingamajigger to the thing to lead magnet, all that stuff. Cool, yes. But if it's in the wrong direction, procrastination, right? When it's in the flow and there's synchronicity happening and you're lit up and you're doing your thing, yeah, I'm gonna do all that stuff. When it's co-regulation, you feel safe, yeah, I'll do all that stuff. But don't learn the tactics to go in the wrong direction, guys. You can learn those tactics, but we want to orient in the right way. Who follows? Does this make sense? I'm gonna say it a million different ways, okay? Also, Purpose in life and capability are unique mediators of relationship between health status and quality of life. Meaning, when we have purpose, our health outcomes improve. And we feel more capable to have our health outcomes improve. Because in chronic illness, the nature of chronic illness, fibromyalgia, IBS, you name it, all of them, okay? Cancer, I mean, there's so many different types of chronic illness. Uh, Fibromyalgia, chronic, I mean, so many, so many, okay? The nature of those experiences is isolation. And here's the problem. We have chronic problems now. So, like, no one's really dying these days of, like, bubonic plague, at least not in mass. Yeah, there's some Ebola breakouts. They get contained. But we're not seeing, like, worldwide epidemics like we used to see, right? Those are infectious diseases. We've more or less figured that one out. More or less. Not totally. And, yes, there's mutations and all that stuff. But we've more or less figured out. Our problem today isn't infectious. Our problem is chronic. The problem is our system is set up to treat infectious diseases, But we have chronic diseases. So you cannot cure or reverse chronic illness with an infectious illness model. Who follows? That's true in mental health, too. No one's like, oh my god, you gave me diabetes. (laughs) That's not a thing, right? That's a lifestyle thing over a long period of time that eventually results in a certain outcome. Same thing with Alzheimer's, you name it. All the different types of chronic illnesses are emergent over time. But you cannot solve chronic disease with an infectious disease model. Who follows? this makes sense? You guys with me? Okay? When we have purpose, it gives us more agency to make better lifestyle choices. And it tells our nervous system you're here for a reason and it wants to be here longer. Who follows? Makes sense? Very important. Okay. So 12 common side effects of purpose improve financial abundance, setting the example or embodying it for your children. Healthy love, romance, and passion. Higher HDL, lower LDL. Think of it this way. HDL is the good cholesterol. LDL is the bad cholesterol. None of it is good or bad, but you want more more HDL and less LDL typically. Lower A1C levels. What's A1C? It's the stuff that, that makes you diabetic if you have too much of it, right? So you have lower A1C, which is good or bad for diabetics. Typically good, okay? Improved quality of sleep. Anyone got sleep problems? Right? Awesome. Okay. Improved immune function. Literally purpose... purpose literally improves immune functions is what the data is showing. Lower risk of heart attack, builds resilience and heals trauma, can add almost a decade to your life, improves executive functioning, enhances emotional regulation. Yet we don't ask the question, hey, I know that you've got all this stuff going on, but do you feel like you're living your purpose? That's where you want to start. If you don't start there, what are we doing? We're treating symptoms. And symptom management's cool, but listen, I'm all for coping skills, but f*** that. Coping skills? What kind of mindset is I'm going to cope Who wants to cope through life? No. Maybe initially I got to cope, but I want to enjoy my life most of the time. Who follows, right? So we need coping skills, but we also need thriving skills. They can be the same skills. The difference is, if all you're doing is trying to treat one little thing in a box, it's not going to work. You have to have an integrated approach starting with purpose. It starts with purpose. Who follows? I'm going to say it a million different ways, okay? Who wants these outcomes? By the way, This is not me just going. This is me showing you the data. This is the data. And I'm so surprised that this is the data and no one's like, guys, hello. Right? Like we're talking about things that just try to solve chronic issues in an acute way. That's not how it works. Okay. So my goal is to get this out there more and more and more now. There's a bunch of myths around purpose, so many different types of myths, because because it's been so sort of vague and not defined, it's not exactly understood. Trauma is not understood, and purpose is not understood, okay? So we're going to help you get a lot of clarity. So the first thing to understand is, okay, living your life's purpose brings abundance, not scarcity, especially in the future that we're stepping into with more automation, more AI. The future is all about soft skills, meaning your ability to build relationship and connection and all those types of things, right? The future is not about being a widget because widgets are becoming automated, right? Everything is becoming automated. So many things are becoming automated today, but what's not becoming automated, what won't become automated is relationship. Not anytime soon, anyway. (laughs) Not yet. Okay, anyway, this is a different conversation, but that's way off, okay? So in terms of job security, You want to go away from the widget stuff and more towards the soft-skilled stuff, away from things that you have to do, more towards things that are purpose-driven. And one of the reasons why we think living our purpose brings scarcity, not abundance, is because we're only a generation or two away from the Great Depression. It's not that long ago, right? So, you know, 100-something years ago-ish, when the Great Depression, 80-whatever years ago, 70-whatever it was, wait, hold on. 90 years ago, there we go, <laughs> ish, okay, 1929, when the Great Depression happened, I mean, the Dust Bowl and all that stuff, okay, post-World War One, pre-World War Two. all right, were we lucky just to have food on our table? Yeah. Should we just eat what we're supposed to eat? Should you just put your head down and make money? What do you think, yes or no? Hello? Yeah. Yeah, in 1929, 1932, yes, in 2020, motherfucker, are making $100,000 a year streaming themselves playing video games. I know. Okay. So come on. It's a different time. So we have to, part of our work is going to be to continually work the generational trauma associated with the Great Depression and with World War II. Because look, after World War II, there was so much, I mean, so much global trauma in World War II. The use of psychologists went way up. All that stuff started to really go up. We had the psychedelic, the first major psychedelic wave after that in the 60s. The people who were high on psychedelics in the 60s are now in charge. <laughs> Which is why psychedelic medicine is becoming mainstream finally. Right? Finally, right? And I was talking to one of the guys, I won't say who, but he was presenting on the psychedelics, and you know, he's of that age. And I said, I went to him afterwards and I said, listen, when you were presenting up there, like you were like hanging out with Tim Leary, right? He's like, Yeah. I go, I was like, so everyone's trying to suppress your information. He's like, yeah. I go, so is this like Leary's revenge? He's like, yeah. (laughs) Right? So the the good news is the hippies won, right? So we're getting more and more of this efficacy going, but we, our generation, our parents or grandparents went through that, but we're still abiding by those rules to maintain relationship with them. And what we have to do is lead the way for them to show them the war or depression or whatever is over. It's over. One of my primary intentions was my father. Dad, the Vietnam War is over over, bro. You were in it for three years as a combat medic on a helicopter. You saw the worst. It's over. It's over. Now, his nervous system doesn't know that quite yet. We went back to Vietnam two or three years ago. He couldn't believe there was no war happening. It was crazy. makes sense, though, right? So you, us, we are the people that when we end that generational trauma or generational curse, that becomes a transitional character where someone who, in one generation, changes the direction of someone's lineage, and that's what's happening now is we have to do that because the old model's not working. Who follows? Right? And purpose is the key to that factor. Okay? And so when you align with your life's purpose, you create financial freedom for your family. Not that that was not 1929. Yeah. Live your purpose. No, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. No. Shut up. Make some money. Put your head down. Now, different world. So financial freedom comes as a byproduct of living your purpose, not the other way around. Okay? You can have your family and your purpose. You can have your finances and your purpose. They do not have to be separate. Okay? Also, living your purpose is the greatest gift you can give to people that you love. Some people think, oh my God, if I live my purpose, it's selfish. No, if some, by the way, if something feels selfish to you, like living your purpose, that's a sign that you've been others focused for a long time. And not like, you know, like, I'm so loving to other people, like maladaptive. Like, I need them to be able to regulate. I need them to have a sense of purpose. Yes, but it starts with you, right? We don't want to live life by committee. And I think one of the greatest examples of someone who's in the state is in, what's that movie? Um, the Notebook? Ryan Gosling. What do you want? It's not that easy. It's not that simple. What do you want? Right? Like, oh my God. Right? Like, the ever-changing dynamics of relationships. Right? But if you don't know what you want, and, you're fo- and you gauge what you want based on others, it will feel selfish to start to live your purpose, but only to your pattern of survival, your trauma response, not to your soul. And at the end of the day, guys, the greatest burden a child bears is the unlived life of the parent. And the greatest burden that we bear in a relationship is the unlived life of our partner. And if I'm expecting you to regulate me, it's unfair. If that's my only strategy. Can I repeat that? What? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. No, okay. So, everyone. So, the greatest burden a child bears is the unlived life of the parent. The greatest burden a couple bears is the unlived life of the partner. So, if I have an unlived life and I'm not living it because I'm expecting something from you or I'm trying to orient myself towards you, it's actually a burden to the other person. It's not fair. And so you have to be selfish or more selfish. Right now, if you tend to be more narcissistic, you need to be a little less selfish. Okay. Other people exist. Okay. Newsflash. Okay. But if you tend to be more selfless, your body's right here. Where do you start and I stop? here's where you stop. Put your hand like on your shoulder or chest. You stop right there. That's you. That's not me. That's you. This is me and we're different. Okay. But for people who are others focused, like really? I didn't realize. Right. So, and by the way, what part of the universe can you influence the most and pretty much only just this part right here, everything outside of about this, you can't with. All right. So you stop here and this is all you can control. Not even control, influence. Okay, so we want to be more selfish because guess what? It's fucking relieving for other people. Now, at first they might be scared, but later they're like, "Oh shit, you got it. I trust you." And it takes some time. Who follows? Okay, but it's you. Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information We'd very much appreciate it if you got value from this episode and from this podcast. We'd very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.